Where has the offense gone for the St. Louis Cardinals? It's disappearing at a really bad time as the Cardinals are now one loss away from getting swept by the Atlanta Braves. And what was Miles Michaelis all upset with the Braves hitters about following the game? It was another loss. We'll break it down on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day each and every day. That's JD. I'm Lucas on this wonderful Thursday, July the 7th of 2022. I think we're doing a little bit better than the Cardinals offense, JD, right now, but how, how are you doing? I'm, I'm hoping you're better than the offense is right now. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean... We only scored, uh, as, I mean, we scored as many runs as the Cardinals did yesterday. <laughs> That's me right. and you put together. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to watch games like that. But, um, you know, you, you got to move on. You got another game today. So uh, we got to keep moving forward, right? That's a good point. This July right now is looking eerily similar to last June. When the Cardinals were games on, multiple games under 500, you lose so many guys to injury and almost without a – miracle-winning 17-game winning streak cost you the season. You hope that this this kind of sputter does not cost the Cardinals a postseason berth in 2022 because the Phillies and Braves, as we clearly know, are both red hot and both trying to chase the Cardinals for that third wild card spot with the Padres and Dodgers up there in the top two with the Dodgers up top of the NL West. So it's a bad time for the offense to, to disappear. And that's where we're going to start today's show is with the offense as the Cardinals get shut out. They out-hit the Braves 7-5. to five. But the only column in run hits and hitters that matters is that runs column as they put up zero runs, just seven hits. They only had two extra base hits, one by Pujols, which is kind of nice to see. It's good to see Albert get, get the second base on a hit. But at the, the end of the day, I was going to say, do you, do, you, do you think he heard us talking in our, our previous show about, hey, man, you need to you know show out a little bit so people <laughs> will put you into the All-Star game and look at him go. Two hits. Two hits, double mixed in there. The dude hits lefties. That's what he's doing at this point of his career, hitting lefties. But at the end of the day, the offense going 0 for 5 with 9 lefted on, 9 stranded. I mean, you strand double-digit runners in consecutive games, and then 9 on Wednesday night, just not a recipe for success. And really, when you look up and down the lineup, you don't have a lot of guys hitting right now. Yeah, it, it was it was ugly. Despite, uh, you know, Goldschmidt getting another couple of hits and then, uh, you know, Arenado had another one, but uh, Carlson over three with three whiffs. Kisner over four. His average is down to 177. Sosa over four down to 188. Those aren't the kind of numbers you want to see in your uh, starting lineup. No, not at all. And you, without Bader and O'Neill, no matter what your opinions are, not, you know, whatever anybody's opinions are on Bader and O'Neill, this offense is better with them in it. I mean, Especially when you have somebody like Sosa, who has not just been not been there since he since last year, really. Donovan starting to show some signs of struggle. He's dipped below three hundred. Kisner, you mentioned it, the Bucks seventy seven. But the key moment in this game to me came late in the game, actually when Pools was lifted for a pinch hitter in the yeah. uh, top half of that eighth inning. He had bases loaded, uh, and it was always two outs because you had Edmund and Dylan Carlson lead off the inning with, with strikeouts. Goldschmidt worked a great walk. Arnado single. Yepes 
great at bat, great walk. You, you bring in Gorman, and he grounds out to, to end the inning 4-3. That, to me, it wasn't the end of the ninth inning, but that's that's what killed the game. Like you, you, every, every game you look back and say, oh, this, this is where the Cardinals lost it. And I think not being able to cash in at least one run, not being able to get on the board in that inning, that really cost the Cardinals the game in that in that, in that moment. Yeah, you know, you're hoping that uh, the rookie can step up and, uh, you know, get a hit in a key situation, but wasn't meant to be. And, you know, the offense pretty much shut down by Max Free the rest of the game. I mean, the guy's a stud. I, I saw right. a stat earlier. Uh, his ERA is at 2.74, which is third best among all qualified starters since 2020. Trailing only Corbin Burns, who won a Cy Young last year. Former Cardinals prospect. I know people don't want to hear this, but Sandy Alcantara. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, neck and neck with Burns this year for the award. Those are the only two that have been better pitchers as, as far as ERA, other than Max Fried, who is an ace on a World Series championship winning team. That's a good point. We don't want to take credit away from Freed. And Freed and Michaelis tonight, who are the two starters, are heard the first part of the broadcast where we're two of nine pitchers so far this season to have logged 100 or more innings. So he's a workhorse. He gets the job done. Yeah. Tonight uh, might not have gone eight or nine innings, but he still goes seven strong, does not give up a base hit, or not, excuse me, not give up a run, give up five hits. He walked a batter, struck out four. Got his ninth one of the year. And beyond that, the, the Braves bullpen shut it down. Chavez was really one that looked human as he uh, walked a couple, gave up a hit, but no runs. And that, that that's the key factor. And this offense right now, it really needs O'Neill and Bader back. I don't think that there's a question about that. Bader's timeline seems to be a little bit longer than the initial thought, but we're going to talk a little bit in segment three. We're going to give an injury update on uh, Tyler O'Neill as well as Corey Dickerson. I know Cardinal fans might not want to hear that name for injury <laughs> update for him to come back, but that is a name that is working his way back from a calf trade and things of that nature. But we, 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 we talked about this briefly on Wednesday's show, J.G., that well, when you have two guys going, which right now the Cardinals have Goldie and Arnado going, an offense gets really easy to pick apart. And right now this offense, at least against the Braves, and maybe it's just the Braves that are the Braves, but right now the Cardinals are the, the weakness in the offense. And that it's not very deep right now as we stand on July 7th. It's just not that deep. Yeah, it's, uh, they're going through a, a bit of a rut as a team. And uh, you mentioned the two names that are, they're catalysts to the offense, and they have been since they've been up on the team is O'Neill and Bader. Like uh, they, they just are. The team wins when those two men are in the lineup. Whether they're going 0 for 4 with three strikeouts, there's something there. It's the speed. It's, uh, you know, even if one of them just walks, the ability to, to steal a base for you. It's that uh, gold glove defense out there in left and center field. Uh, they, even when they're striking out, they're game changers for this offense, and they, they clearly need them in the lineup. Uh, they, they haven't looked the same since they both got hurt. C couldn't agree more, and I think that it, it bleeds into Carlson, too. You mentioned he goes over three with three strikeouts, but even he walked, reached base. You know, It's a little bit of on base, and he made that incredible catch in deep center yeah. field. Did bring a home run back, but robbed uh, extra bases away. So even Carlson finding ways to impact games on – multiple levels because I still hold the opinion that when those three are in the lineup, it's borderline best outfield in baseball because you've got three outfielders that are five total players. You agree or disagree with that take? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I They're they're young. I mean, the oldest one is, I believe, Bader. Is might be They're both 28, O'Neal yeah. and Bader. Uh, they're both 28. 28, I think, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're they're young. They've got speed. They can cover a lot of ground. They can steal bases. And uh, obviously, they play outstanding defense. And when you get 
O'Neal hitting like he did last year where he was garnering MVP votes. I yeah. mean, if you can get him to that level again, I mean, you take those two players out of anybody's lineup and they're going to struggle a little bit. So I don't think it was unexpected that the offense would slow down a little bit, but you hate to see it come to a, a complete halt <laughs> over right. like the last 17 innings where they haven't scored a run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, O'Neill is 27, Bader 28, to your point. And this is just a minor thing. This is kind of just like a thing that probably nobody on the Cardinals team actually cares about, but they're doing this on national TV. <laughs> they got shut out on Sunday night baseball. Tonight's game was only, or Wednesday night's game was only on ESPN. So that's another thing to it, right? You don't get that the Cardinals are in town. It's a scary team. Right, because you're not impressing everybody else, and again, that's a very small part to it. But you bring up a good point of O'Neill and Bader really being in this lineup because it makes the lineup that much more deadly. We talk about it all the time. This lineup needs to be needs to be deeper, and runs per game that they're very good. Certain numbers will show how this offense is good. Just right now, it's one of those stretches the Cardinals are just going to have to try and tread water. And right now, they're not because the pitching is suffering. Just talked about that yesterday. We're going to talk about it a little bit today and every other show that we have. Talk about the Cardinals need some pitching. But right now, the Cardinals are just going to need to find a way to stay in games more. And Michaelis did the best he could. Uh, he just couldn't match zeros exactly with Freed after giving up a couple of home runs against the Braves. It's just it's a tough stretch to watch, and it's a tough time to do it with pitching already struggling and the offense on top of it struggling. Yeah, yeah. I uh, you, you look at the lineup too, uh, Carlson in the in the two hole, which I don't hate that, but things were clicking. It was it was Edmund, Goldie, Arenado. You had O'Neill right mm -hmm. behind them. You got Yepes. You can plug in there. Bader's at the bottom of the lineup, but he's still very dangerous. You know, pitchers uh, he might strike out a lot, but he's got pop. Obviously, the speed makes a difference. And again, you take those two pieces away. And now you're seeing it <laughs> when you just don't have the depth that, that you need when you have a healthy Cardinal lineup. I agree. And I think that, again, we'll talk about this a little bit in segment three, but when this team does get healthy with players they have coming back, hopefully the next week and a half, hopefully before the all-star break uh, comes there, you know, right, right before the, the end of the month, I should say, then maybe this team starts clicking and you start making some moves. Maybe you start hearing the Cardinals names a little bit more on the trade deadline as they get closer to the playoff hunt then you see the Cardinals do what the Cardinals do, which is why they're hated, make these moves that nobody seems to know why they work, and then they work. So hopefully a part of that can be the, these players coming back. And somebody who has not struggled, he did struggle a little bit last night, was Miles Michaelis. And he had an interesting quote that uh, Katie Wu shared on, on Twitter that we're going to talk about, that he was bothered a little bit by these Braves hitters on, on Wednesday night. And whether or not that was the entire reason why he, he struggled later in the start or not, it was still a factor. But before we get there, I want to tell you that whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment in your relationship, you can find jewelry as unique as your significant other with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity. And an engagement is made by Blue Nile's handcraft jewelers that is one of a kind. Or if you're just looking for fine jewelry but you don't know where to start, that's okay. BlueNile.com has... Jewelers available online 24-7, available via the phone or chat function to help you find a memorable gift at every single budget. Make her moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners and watchers, consumers, that's everybody watching this right now, can get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. 
This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on at checkout. L O C K E D O N. That's code locked on. And plus, every order is insured, tips free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. You can drop stress free and find your forever peace at bluenile.com today. Miles Michaelis has borderline been the ace of the staff, JD, this season. He, he's probably one of the better five and seven pitchers you're going to find. His record as he <laughs> drops there. He's just been he's been phenomenal this year. Before we get to the struggles of Wednesday, I think it, it deserves a shout out what he's done this season for the Cardinals staff. Yeah, he's been very dependable, which is something you couldn't really say about Michaelis over the last couple of seasons due to injuries. Yeah. You know that you you got him that one year when he first came back over to the states, and he was outstanding. They signed him to the contract, and then the injuries began and it's it's been a tough go getting him back and he looks outstanding this year uh last night's game you know he hangs a couple of breaking balls and it happens but uh again he he doesn't get shelled by any means he gave the team an opportunity to win to to stay in the game uh he's competitive in just about every start that he's had so far another quality start last night just he just always seems to be on the other end of a uh, pitching masterpiece by whoever the Cardinals are playing when right. Michaelis takes the mound. It just, they they seem to score one or none, basically, is what happens to him anytime he takes the mound. And it's been unfortunate you mentioned the record, but uh, the rest of the numbers that you pay attention to uh, are are great. Yeah, he's like I said, he's borderline been the ace, and I think if a couple of starts go his way, and he's maybe seven and five, or or six and three, or you know some other decisions get made, I think he's closer to a Cy Young type conversation. Not not saying he's on the level of Burns or Alcantara, but I think he's closer if a couple of decisions go his way, one way or the other. You know, you saw the start against Tampa Bay when he gave up just a two-run home run, and that was it. He pitched all eight innings. He gets matched up with Corbin Burns against the Brewers a couple weeks ago. Tonight, he gets freed. He just can't catch a break based on who he's throwing against. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his, uh, his ERA at uh, 2.72, uh, whip under one now. I mean, those are outstanding numbers. And then he's five and seven. So, you know, sometimes that's one of the reasons why we don't look at records so much when you it's when true. you judge how good a pitcher, a starting pitcher is kind of like how a, a relief pitcher, you don't necessarily stare at their ERA so much because it can be inflated because Correct. of lack of innings where uh, you put Michaelis on a team that's, you know, in his in his starts, if they were averaging five runs, he might be undefeated this year. That's Going true. back and looking at his number, he might not have yeah. a loss. That's a good point. He's been he's been that good, but he was frustrated on Wednesday night. He uh, Katie yeah. Wu shared this tweet, and I'm just going to read verbatim what what the the screenshot of her notes app is. What I think it is. What what it says in the tweet. Quote: I don't want to say anything foolish and get myself in trouble, but you know I'm not sure what rules what the rules are. But I'm pretty sure unless they foul it off, they got to stay in the box. And as a pitcher, I believe the game is on my time. If they're going to call it a pitch clock, they're on my time. So if I'm ready to pitch, I believe they should be ready. Unless they want to call a hitter's clock, call it a hitter's clock, then we can be on hitter's time. But until they want to call it the hitter's clock, I believe they're on my time. They got to come with a foot in the box. When I'm ready to pitch, they should be ready to hit. Strong words from Michaelis. Yeah, uh, it, it's something that I I know they implemented this a couple of seasons ago, and that was supposed to be the rule. That unless you fouled the ball off, you had to keep at least one foot in the box. And get your sign down at the third base coach. And you, there's no doing the Garcia Parra thing with the gloves or anything like that. Like, you had to stay in there and let, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and keep things moving. And they consistently let batters just eh, 
mosey around the box a little bit. And all of this, for the most part, is to disrupt whatever sort of tempo that the pitcher has. That, that's mm -hmm. usually what they're doing. I mean, every once in a while, maybe a batter is doing it because he's getting his own thoughts together. But very rarely, that's what's going on. Usually, it's just to kind of, okay, let's break him up while he's uh, you know in a groove right now. And Michael is another one of those pitchers that like he gets the ball, gets a sign and tosses like he's not wasting time out there. He's not Gallegos, you know, where no. he's really he's really, you know, takes his time with everything. And I, it's it's rough to watch Gallegos do that, but he's effective. Uh, things might change next year when uh, when they when speed Big things time. up a little bit. But uh, um, yeah, I can see why he would be frustrated. And it's on the umpires to keep the batters in the box on both teams. That don't, don't, you know, not just the Braves, but also the Cardinals make sure they're in the box and, and keep the momentum of the game going because the whole point is to keep the fans entertained. And when things stop and are stalled, that's when everybody gets bored, brings their phones out. And that's one of the ruts that baseball has been in for a couple of seasons. Now where mm -hmm. the idea of it going too slow for fans is what the league is trying to fix. And if the umpires aren't going to, keep these guys in the box, then they're not doing their job. Right. That, that, that's a completely valid point. Like that, that is part of part of the umpire's job. And I think that what, what Mike List gets so frustrated at is, is the late time, right? That, that was yeah. kind of the context of the question. And I know there's at least, there was at least one where the camera was only on, um, I forget who the batter was for the Braves. And then it, he, you could see the batter call time or ask for time, I guess, because the umpire said less to grant it. And yeah. by the time it cut back out to the rest of the view, uh, Michaelis had his leg up, you know, his front leg up, ready to break his hands to go, and the umpire jumped out, you know. And to me, that that's too late. And I'm an umpire, I'm an official. I try not to bash on them too much because they're not they're not perfect. They're human, just like the rest of us. I try not to go that far on that route. But there, there is a point to be saying, well, when the pitcher's got the ball, the batter should be ready. You know, at the college level, there are certain rules in place where you can penalize the batter with a with a strike or penalize yeah. the pitcher with a ball if if they're not ready. You know, I believe you're supposed to be doing ways. you can do that at the major league level, too. I believe that's a, a rule that they can implement. It, 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 we're not seeing it. I think it, it's yeah. a big problem. And, and I think that until hitters are starting to be punished and pitchers, you know, there's a good argument that Gallegos should be punished. Right. Uh, he's when, he's punishing mind. us every time right. we're watching him when we're just like, yeah, throw the ball. Let's go. We don't need your glove <laughs> flip flop and just set. Let's go. Right. But when they're, not, when they're not being punished, you can put the rule on all you want. You know, you need to yeah. start seeing punishment happen before it happens. And again, like you said, this is not to put the entire game on the, the fault of the umpire or the fault of the Braves for doing this illegal thing. And they're, they're bad. They should have lost. That's why only. No. Bottom line, the reason they didn't. Carlos didn't win because they didn't hit. Like that, that, yeah. that, that that's bottom line but this is a part of the game it, it's a part of the story and to, to have michaelis who's usually a pretty you know, he's a weird guy he's a character right but he's usually pretty pretty spoken to himself and he's not going to say anything too controversial or say anything like that but i think for him to come out and say this speaks to how much it really bothered him now also in a, a pitcher coming off of injuries the last couple of seasons and you'll hear it almost every play-by-play yeah. -play announcer will be, oh that's a that's an easy way for a pitcher to get hurt when they call time so late and they hold on to the ball instead of letting it loose i mean i've still never seen it I, i'm waiting for it Lucas, where <laughs> a, where the pitcher just rifles it and it either plugs the the umpire or or the hitter <laughs> and, and, and who's no. going to be upset in that situation? Well, you guys called time. What do you, you want me to do? You granted it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm waiting for that to happen just to see what the reaction is by the ump and the hitter. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but maybe it'll yeah. teach one of them a lesson. <laughs>
That's true. I mean, you, you learn by mistakes, and that would certainly be a mistake. You know, you get yeah, granted yeah. time, and then all of a sudden you see a baseball coming in at you eighty miles and ninety miles an hour, which would be quite yeah. quite painful. But yeah, it, it was it was frustrating to see the Braves get just enough. I think tonight to kind of sum up the point on Michaelis, he was really good. Was it at the sharpest? No, but I mean, you go back to the point of Michaelis wanting to keep things quick. You remember the game that I mentioned earlier, that the the Rays game, the game lasted under two hours. A large part of that, not only was it him and the Rays pitcher, I think it was McClanahan, throwing strikes and doing their job, but they were mm-hmm. getting the ball back. They were getting on the mound. They were throwing. Like, they were ready. Like, there was no delay. It wasn't a human rain delay. I don't know if, if we want two-hour games, per se, but we want quick games, and that's I think ultimately that's Michaelis's goal is to just be quicker with it. You know, maybe not. he's not thinking of the whole PR side of it or not thinking of, okay, now we got to make baseball better as a product. But I think it's just simple for him that he wants to get the ball, get on the mound, and go. And he was frustrated. And I, I, quite frankly, I don't blame him for his frustrations on Wednesday night. I really don't. Yeah. I, in any sport that you play, when you're in, in a groove or in the zone, whatever you want to call it, you just want to keep going. You just want to mm-hmm. keep moving. And uh, when a pitcher finds that that sweet spot, they don't want to keep having people backing out and calling timeout. It's it's frustrating because you're you're feeling good and you're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. And when it's when they keep calling time like that, yeah, I can see why why it's kind of a pain in the butt <laughs> for I a pitcher to put up with it over and over. But until the umpires start doing something about it, it it's going to keep happening. Agreed, agreed. So bottom line, the Cardinals need to do their best to not get swept tomorrow. It would be their fifth fifth loss in a row, four in a row in Atlanta. You, you go back home to play Philadelphia this weekend. Good teams don't get swept like this. Playoff teams don't. So the Cardinals need to find a way. And if I were a betting man, I would bet against it because four-game sweeps are extremely hard. But if anybody out there is a betting person, you can go to betonline.net because it is the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's Major League Baseball scores as we get closer and closer to the all-star break. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sport information, including live betting, esports, and so much more. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, just like MMA, boxing, or golf. They've got it all at BetOnline. Head to the website today or use mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. There's a really good argument that the Cardinals not only need reinforcements on the pitching side, which we talked about a lot yesterday and even on Tuesday's show, but even offensively with the way that the offense is sputtering over the last week and a half or so. The good news is Tyler O'Neill has started his rehab assignment, played with Memphis, got some time, and hopefully he's back by the end of the maybe maybe by Friday to, to play on against the, the Phillies, but at least he was back playing baseball on Wednesday. Yeah, he uh, he got in some action on uh, July the 3rd, uh, had two hits that night, and then uh, also played last night, uh, had another hit. I haven't heard about any setbacks with the hamstring yet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's something you don't want to push because somebody that muscular, like, it could go again <laughs> at any moment. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you got to get him back in the lab. It would be wonderful to have him back for the homestand before the All-Star break. Uh, and then you mentioned Dickerson earlier. Uh, he was one for two last <laughs> night. I mean, he's a major league hitter, and some of these guys are, aren't hitting, so uh, you got you to find somebody who can swing the bat. Um, I know he's been a bit of a letdown 
as a signing since uh you know as, as since they got him as a free agent but i don't know they you need somebody and uh, when, uh, when the team hasn't scored in 17 innings you just about send anybody up to the plate uh there is one name that i did want to mention and i know you're a big fan of him uh, a prospect that is down at triple a when do we see alec burleson come up to the major leagues or does it even happen this year because my man is absolutely shredding it at memphis hitting 341 16 home runs 60 rbis in 70 games wow that's pretty good lucas very good. You just cracked Baseball America's top 100 prospect list as uh, Nolan Gorman graduated from the prospect um, ranking. So uh, Burleson gets in. Burleson on MB.com is the, the eighth best prospect in the Cardinal system. I was surprised we didn't see him get called up instead of Connor Capel. And no disrespect to, to Capel, right? But I think mm-hmm. that the, the reason behind that is that we talk about that a lot. Cardinals are not going to call up a top prospect that is not going to play every day. And we right. haven't seen Capel play every day. Burleson, therefore, wouldn't have, so you don't see him. Burleson deserves a shot at the major league level. And at this point, I would almost rather see him coming up as a pinch hitter than Capel. Or, you know, see him get a spot start in left field instead of Yepes. You can't tell me that you want Yepes in the outfield over anybody, let alone a true outfielder like Alec Burleson, right? Burleson came up as a two-way guy, you know, so he's got an arm. he He can play the field well. There's a really good argument that he might be a trade piece because maybe he doesn't fit in the Cardinals system or future. Maybe they don't see it that way. But he was a former guest on the show. It was fun talking to him. I'm glad he's having success. Because last year, J.D., this dude played at all three levels. He went from single A to double A to triple A and started this year at triple A. Bare minimum, if he's on the team post-trade deadline, he's, he will likely be a September call-up. Bare minimum. This dude, as you laid out his numbers, is absolutely raking right now. And I understand triple A is not Major League Baseball. But you got to wonder, when does this guy get a shot? I think it needs to be sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, some people would make the argument that you'd rather see Burleson come up in, instead of Dickerson. Like, maybe yeah. let Dickerson rot down at AAA <laughs> for a while. I mean, he didn't prove that he needed to be on our Major League roster. And mm-hmm. you've got Burleson, a left-handed bat, big guy, 6'2", 212, just 23 years old. And I don't know what else he has to prove down at Memphis. I mean, it, it's not as if he's hitting you know, 220 or something with right. decent power number. He's hitting 341, 341 with an OPS of 949. I, I don't know how long you leave him down there. I, I wouldn't expect to see him before the all-star break. I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. I'm not going to expect to see that, but uh, at the latest, you'll, you'll see him, uh, you know, it's a September call up or something. I agree. And regardless of this offense needs some reinforcements, because this is the, the, the schedule that the Cardinals have this upcoming. They got one more game against Atlanta tonight, 620. The three games set with the Phillies, who just took two out of three in for the last week, 7-15, 1-15, oh, I beg your pardon. It's a four-game set. The Cardinals play Philadelphia at home on Monday, a very rare Friday to Monday here. So a four-game set with the Phillies, who are red hot, a three-game set with the Dodgers, and then three with the measly old Reds uh, to finish up <laughs> the first half of the year. I know that Jeff Carr and Steven might not like that comment, but it remains to be true. So the next week, next eight games, we'll call it, is a very daunting schedule. Hopefully yeah. we see O'Neal before that. Steven Matz might make a start before the All-Star break, making his first rehab start on Thursday. We talked about yesterday how they were thinking about starting him in Atlanta on Thursday. They have since ixnayed that plan, but too, too much to our agreement. So hopefully reinforcements are coming here for the Cardinals before the All-Star break so you don't have to wait till after to see how these new pe- or the, the pieces come back is basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, uh, and here's the thing too, Lucas. Spencer Strider is the starter for the Braves tonight, and uh, he was just in Cincinnati and almost threw a no-no. Uh, <laughs> granted, the Reds are not very good, but this dude hums, bro. He's he's mm-hmm. triple digits the whole time, like, and he's got a winning mustache, which will always impress me. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the thing, man. It's part of the thing. I he looks it, good. Yeah. He throws good. So. It might be another rough go for the Cardinals tonight, and uh, at least they get to come back home where the record is way better than it is on the road. And please don't pitch to Schwarber. The guy <laughs> is absolutely mashing right now. Make yeah. the rest of that team beat you. Don't let Schwarber beat you because he's crushing it. I think he hit two more home runs last night. It's He's on fire at the moment. Do something else. I beg you, do something else. Don't let him or Hoskins beat you because Hoskins – and reigning player of the week. He was on fire last week. So the Phillies right now are on a little bit of the roll. And it's hard. It's really kind of hard to look at the, the standings right now, JD, because all of a sudden the Cardinals sit just four games above 500 at 44 and 40. I'm not saying that they're in danger necessarily of falling below 500, but you didn't, at least I didn't expect them to get this close. And when you look at the wild card standings coming into play, Cardinals currently tied with the Phillies. So this this weekend series is going to be incredibly, crucially important because likely whoever comes out of that will, will find themselves in a playoff spot. Yeah, and uh, as you mentioned, it's uh, not an easy road coming up uh, mm-hmm. before you get to Cincinnati before the uh, All-Star break. So. Sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be a rough go, and uh, hopefully they can power through and uh, figure something out just to get a little bit of offense. They just need that balance, you know. We keep saying mm-hmm. that that they don't have the balance in the lineup, and or they don't have the balance where the starter struggles and then the bullpen's amazing. Like they're just up and down on on either side, and when they find that balance, they're gonna be a tough team to beat. They're just kind of trapped right now, looking to find that, and um, you're, you're seeing the results, which are losses, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. They need to find consistency and find the balance. So on Friday's show, we are going to break down the crucial series upcoming this weekend with the Philadelphia Phillies. Cardinals hopefully might, maybe, we'll get some reinforcements by then. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. But uh, regardless, plan or or priority one needs to be beating the Braves tonight. And Matthew Libertor will be tasked with that as the the Cardinals go up against the man with the mustache. You heard it here first, folks. (laughs) He says the mustache might give the Cardinals fits on Thursday. So uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Cardinals, making it your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked on MLB Prospects with Lindsey Crosby. MLB Draft is coming up, so be sure to stay tuned to Locked on MLB Prospects. Get you everything you need to know about the draft. I don't know a lot about the draft, so I'm listening to that just about every day to figure <laughs> out what who the Cardinals might draft and who might other other pieces might be moving around. But regardless, be sure to come back tomorrow as JD talk on JD and I will talk about the series upcoming with the Phillies. And until then be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.